are tuning into Parenting Naked, a collaborative to help navigate the celebrations and challenges of parenting. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back. Today we're going to be playing the second part of our three-part episode on Daddy Boot Camp. We'll get to hear from the dads today regarding their experiences in the labor and delivery room. So let's get started. Were you guys in the delivery room? Like, were you guys a part of all of the appointments? Um, you know, what was kind of your thought process about being at the appointments? And then if you want to go into your experience in the delivery room, um, you're more than welcome to do that. But um, yeah, we're just really curious about men's perspective of, do you think you should be at all of the appointments? Do you think that that's kind of the girl's duty? Where were you guys standing with that? I'll run on that. That's... Um... I was a part of everything, so we did the classes and went to all the tests and everything, and which was really cool because I think that that helped me be a part of the process, you know, part of the baby that I, you know, otherwise I really couldn't experience a lot of that. So I made sure that everything she went to, I went to, um, so I could be as much a part of it as I possibly could. Um, when the baby came, that was another experience. Um, my wife was in labor for like 36 hours and that was the toughest thing I've ever seen. Um, she had a, a coach there and, and, uh, it took, it took a lot. They did a lot of different things to try to get that boy to come out. And, uh, um, it was hard for me to watch, you know, especially towards the, the last few hours in there, you know, the, Ever the doctors are getting concerned and they're like, is this baby going to be born the natural way? Or are we going to have to have a C-section and just watching everything that she went through? I mean, the, the strength that she had to go through, it was amazing. Um, I was probably the weakest link in that process because <laughs> watching all everything she went through and the pain that she was in and, and it just, it just broke my heart. You know, it was just so hard. Like this was supposed to be this, this beautiful thing that was supposed to happen and this instant connection with the baby coming out. And, and it didn't work like that at all. It was, it was a fight from when she got there, she worked so hard. And then eventually she, she ended up having a C-section and that was probably more on my part because she saw what all this was doing to me. Cause it was really hard for me to watch. And so I didn't want to leave the room. She wanted me there, but it, it got to the point where I just couldn't handle it. And, um, and the doctors were starting to get a little concerned. So I was like, well, you know, I talked to her a little more and, and then we made the decision to have the C-section, but, um, it was, it was great being there, but it was emotionally, it was really difficult to watch my wife go through that. Um, I went, I was, I went to all the appointments for both kids. Um, I wanted to, it wasn't like, uh, Gretchen had to like, you know, guilt me into it or I just wanted to be there for that. And I thought those were, uh, great experiences. They fortunately, other than the, the first one where uh, we found out, um, she had a miscarriage, they were all positive. You know, we, we had, they were all good news, all that kind of stuff. Um, the and the the uh, OB was we kind of like had a bond with him. He was very we liked him a lot, so I liked going to those. Um, and then I was in the delivery room for both. 
the first one was an unplanned C-section. <clears throat> um, I got to, I mean, it was like right out of like a movie, like Gretchen went into labor, um, or she's starting to have contractions and, you know, they want you to stay at home as long as possible. And so we went to sleep and then she woke up and like her water broke in at like midnight and she's like, we gotta go. And then I'm like, run the red lights. Like, you know, I, I tried to change it, but I just, I, like, I felt like I had my opportunity here. Um, and we got there and then she, you know, was in late, she couldn't deliver. Uh, Tatum's arm was in the wrong position and she tried pushing for, you know, like two hours or something. And finally they get, they came in and told us, you know, they pretend like you have a choice. Yeah. Like this is up to you guys, but if you don't do a C-section, everyone's going to die. Like, I mean, basically yeah. like there's, you have no choice. Oh, that's awful. And they didn't say that, but yeah, that's basically, that's feels. yeah. Cause there's no, the, Tana was never going to make it out mm -hmm. as she was positioned. So it was unplanned C-section. I went into the delivery room or the operating room, I guess, at that point, and was, um, you know, up with Gretchen, who was, uh, she was so upset about not being able to do a natural, not a natural, but a vaginal birth, right, which she really wanted to do that, and she wasn't going to be able to, so she was all, like, you know, kind of doped up, too, from all the meds, and it was just, she was really emotional, and um, I was you know, with her kind of above the curtain. And then we didn't know the gender. And so they, you know, pulled Tatum out and I got to announce the gender. And I, you know, it took me a while to like even be able to speak because it was so emotional. And I looked down and I saw her guts everywhere. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like literally guts out of her body, you know, and I could not believe you know, and every Tatum was healthy, and Gretchen also did fine. But her recovery from that, as you know, all the moms you've had C-sec, I mean, she was. I'm like, well, you were just cut open. Yeah. Like, yes, like of course you're going to be. Yeah. yeah. And then number two was a uh, vaginal birth. I was in the room, and that was probably more intense, honestly. Like, uh, that was. I mean, everything was fine, but. Being there, like, you know, the joke is, like, don't go below the curtain. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, right. I was right in there. And, I'll, I mean, I, it was very, very, uh, it was crazy. Um, and it was, like, night. It was, like, the middle of the night. And it was just sort of very surreal. Um, and then uh, our second, she she wasn't breathing when she came out. So she wasn't breathing for, like, two, uh, like four minutes on her own. Um, so Gretchen's on the table freaking out and I'm just watching this whole thing and the uh, hospital staff never flinched like it was amazing they never even showed one ounce of concern they had all the equipment already there I, this is probably not as uncommon as it seems but it was like four minutes that felt like a lifetime um, to get her breathing um, and she's fine but you know, they had to do tests to make sure there wasn't any brain damage. And so you're waiting for that stuff to come back. And it was very, like, two opposite ends of the spectrum. But both, I'm so glad I was there for both of those. Um, I'll never forget that. Um, but I never, never once was I going to not be there for that. Like, it was never even, never even dawned on me that that was even an option. So. 
so much like Adam, we had with our two pregnancies, we had uh, two completely different stories. So the first was I knew I wanted to be at every appointment because this was important to me. I announced I was young. I wanted to have kids. I wanted to be part of the process. Um, to Adam's comment earlier about like it's we don't physically carry the child, so it's hard, especially during the pregnancy, to like really feel connected to the pregnancy. It almost happens like uh, out of sight, out of mind for a bit. And then when it really comes close to the actual delivery is when it starts to, um, at least for me, the emotional connection started to happen. Um, our first pregnancy, everything was great and fine. Camden had a large head. And what ended up happening was um, we'd gone through uh, some of the classes around uh, kind of trying to do unmedicated delivery. Um, Aaron uh, went to the uh, and possibly longest possible endpoint to try and make that happen uh, before she took an epidural. And that then still took us 12 hours before Camden arrives. And he came on the very last push right before they were going to take her for an emergency C-section. So to Adam's um, comments around, kind of like, the professionalism in the room was amazing. But at the same time, when our OB said uh, to Aaron, like, this is your last push, She'd been in labor for 27 hours. It was probably the most helpless I've ever felt. Just looking at this, because I'm below, I'm below the fold, watching this happen. And we, the OB was using a, a vacuum to help out. Thankfully, Camden came on the very last push because Aaron was like, "This is not happening." Um, to have gone through this, um, and thankfully everything worked out. But then on the other side of that. As a dad, you start to realize how your world's flipped because all of a sudden you're like, your radar is up for anything that's good, like for all these very important decisions that are now in front of you. Camden had fluid on the top of his skull. And they were worried that maybe it was also below, creating pressure on his brain. So we had the first 24 hours, like I was up with him in the nursery to make sure that everything was okay. And that, then we had to worry about bilirubin levels, which I know is a common concern, but with the additional fluid, we had to worry about um, our second pregnancy. I was involved. I would have been involved anyways as we were for the first pregnancy, but it was different because when we had the CVS done to do our genetic test at 10 weeks um, to essentially know whether or not um, Crosby, our second, was a carrier of both of our recessive genes, which would have created this um, genetic problem of um, kind of uh, bone marrow issues um, as, as, uh, and essentially early childhood cancer is the expectation. Um, so that that 10-week appointment when they did the CVS, essentially a biopsy of the placenta, that needle separated the membranes, as I mentioned before. Um, and then every successive appointment for us was really about the viability of the pregnancy going forward. Um, Crosby, as I've kind of mentioned there, and like when you would see it on the sonogram, it looked like he was in a tent with no poles because the, the bag of waters was separated from the uterine wall. Um, and so the risk was that the bag would tear early. And so we would we were on a much tighter cadence in terms of meeting with the maternal fetal medicine um, practice to follow um, what was going on. And just essentially, we had no decisions to make other than wait it out, which was really hard. There were tears shed. There was a lot of concern early on that we wouldn't, one, get past viability. Once you pass viability, um, the the likelihood that he would the bag would tear during a, a really key period of development, both... Um, terms of like physical development about lungs and things like that, but neurological development as well. Um, that was where kind of uh, the risk curve had its steepest inflection. And thankfully we got through that. And ironically at the end, they actually uh, had to break her water at 38 or 39 weeks, um, which we're all very thankful for. But um, the process was completely different than the first time around. And then the second birth was uh, not 27 hours. It was more like four hours and delivery. Both were vaginal 
a lot faster. And, um, and so completely different experiences. And then he came out healthy and without any like immediate concerns. Um, so wildly different, but also like, I think every, every delivery seems to have its own narrative. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I want to just go back to what Scott said about being in the delivery room. And I remember feeling completely useless. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like I should be doing something or helping, but there's really, you know, kind of like be there for Gretchen, but at the same time, you're like, you get to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can, you know, you're kind of in the way and like, I'm not sure how to come, like, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. I, that's the one thing I do remember a lot feeling like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. And some of them are, you're, you're there for hours and hours and you're like, I'm just sort of here and I, I want to be here, but I'm, I'm not sure like if I should be doing something else or better or I don't know, you know, and we, we took one of those classes. I don't know what it was called. And it was, I think it was a waste of time, honestly. Like we, maybe we're not like, we were not mature enough to do it because they want you to do these like, walk through the exercises and we would just kind of like make fun of it and laugh and then we'd leave like (laughs) so maybe there was some value there and we didn't take it in but i felt like it was kind of a waste of time honestly like when you get into the mix and to scott's point every every delivery i'm sure is unique right um so what are the what do you you know you kind of have to be able to just do whatever they you have to be ready to to react and you know the one thing like I, i i kept telling gretchen like what we talked about it is, you know, this is the biggest moment of our lives. And for them, it's, it's a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Like they do this yeah. all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so whether it was a C-section or the, the, the not breathing for four minutes, like they've been through all this, like this is just what they do. So like, let's not worry too much. Like they're not going to, you know, and it was just, and every, both, we were at two different hospitals for the two kids they're amazing. Like the people, the doctors and the nurses were like, I mean, they're on both hospitals were just, they make you feel like this is special. You know, they did for us at least, even though, like I said, it's just another day at the office for them. So I'm glad you guys had that experience. I've had some clients where men have said, I felt like a second class citizen. I was totally on the way. The doctors were annoyed that I was there. And I actually have worked with a client that he got arrested during the whole process. So he wasn't even there because he felt like the staff was not supporting his wife um, in ways that she needed to be supported. And he just got so belligerent that he got arrested and missed the delivery of his baby because he felt like they were not supporting him as well and what he needed. So I'm really I'm. I'm so happy that you had staff that was really helpful and supportive and trying to figure that process out. Cause that's not, you know, for everybody, their experience. Yeah. We did have, so our doctor, the, the OB who I said, we kind of had this bond with, he wasn't at either delivery. Uh-huh. He was out of town for both of them. Um, and so his, his partners filled in and then the kind of, just made me think of it after um, our first was born that the, c-section that Gretchen was really upset about he came in like two days later and he was like yeah see he says here you had a c-section yeah you won't ever have a vaginal birth and like walked out and I was like what the are you fucking kidding me like that is the like what do you what's wrong with you buddy like and this is the you know this is the OB like the part I'm like who says that Mm -hmm. and of course Gretchen immediately like Mm -hmm. but other than that they were amazing but that one idiot and we made sure we were like we're not 
yeah. he's not going to be for number. I want to see that guy again. Like yeah. that was just dumb. Yeah. For him to even say that, even if that, I know the likelihood is it's harder. Mm-hmm. To but do. not impossible. Yeah. Like why would you say that? Bad so. timing. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> Bad timing. Just, just <laughs> total like clueless, like no, mm-hmm. no, no, uh, you know, bedside manner, I guess. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, ours uh, were two different experiences. Um, you know, like the first one, the first, you know, with Zoe having her first, uh, I wanted to be involved with everything, but again, you know, much as like Ryan growing up, like my dad was very, you know, boys don't cry, very machismo kind of thing and stuff. And it was like, I don't need these damn classes. Like, what the hell do I need to go to classes for? So I kind of got dragged through the classes. <laughs> And it, and it worked, uh, you know, like learn some things, stuff like that. But it was like, first, like, it was hard. It was like, I don't know, I guess it, you know, that other mindset of like, why the hell do I got to go to class? Like, right. I'm not, I'm not the one that has a baby in me. Like, it was a little, little thing, but it's not just for the mom. So it was good to actually go to those classes and learn some things. Uh, you know, then I got pushed into the daddy boot camp. I had to take that class. <laughs> Again, I got pushed, but, uh, you know, that, that was good. I, you know, it, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't think still the classes as much as you can go through, doesn't really get you there, but it gets you like some kind of thought of like how this is going to go. Um, again, cause everyone is different, you know, like how you, what you take from the class, what you, what you experience through pregnancy, what you experience through the kids and stuff. So it's always different, but it, I think it's always good to go through those. I think I would probably, you know, if we had to change that, I think I would have maybe paid a little more attention to some of the classes and stuff. But, uh, you know, Zoe was, Zoe was a long, I thought, you know, like you see the movies, it's just quick done. You know, you don't really know. Uh, it was like a little over 24 hours, I think, somewhere right around there. Um, you know, her water broke and went there and then things just slowed down. It was just kind of dead for a while. And, you know, then all of a sudden it was like, all right, well, I guess we're going to, you know, everybody get some rest because everybody's tired. And then I remember like in the morning, then all of a sudden it was just kind of like a ramp up of getting things done. And, um, you know, I, I uh, wanted to be in the delivery room. I did stay in the delivery room, but it was definitely different. <laughs> There's a difference of uh, views of seeing all that stuff and smells and everything else. So that was harder. Um, and I'm thankful that I had a doctor that pushed for it, but he was like, come back here. And I was like, no, I'm good. I don't need to see that. <laughs> and he was like, oh, come here. So I was like, all right. So like, you, you know, I get to see that. So it was cool. And then it, I think that just like kind of, uh, get you in that mode of like feeling like, okay, now this is real. Like once you see it and stuff, it's like, yeah, you're up top. You're trying to be like, you know, as much as you can be like, Oh, you're doing good. You're pushing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know. She's pushing what the hell's <laughs> going on. But, <laughs> you know, so it was good to see that. Um, I definitely didn't want to cut the umbilical cord at first, but I, I think it was a good thing. I don't, I don't know. I'm not big on blood. I don't like right. a lot of blood and, you know, it's like, now, like teeth and stuff like that is not a big thing, but it's like with all that, you're like, I don't know. I don't a lot of blood. Yeah, I didn't want to be like that guy that's just next thing you know, you're laying on the ground, like, what the hell happened? <laughs> so, but it was cool. Yeah, like I said, that doctor pressed and he was like, come here. And he's like, I'm not cutting it, you're cutting it. And I was like, 
I was like, I ain't cutting that shit. And he was like, you are going to cut it. Are you going? Like, uh, okay. Um, but it was definitely too, like, uh, I, I think like, you, like, you know, we've all have said to kind of like your, uh, awareness for things change. Uh, Zoe was in the Berlin Canal for a while. So I think she did get a lot of ambiotic fluid and, and her lungs and stuff. So when she did come out, she wasn't crying and, I'm always hypersensitive. I can be pretty hypersensitive. So it's my awareness went up and I was like that excitement of like, you know, you're crying, you're excited, turned into like, Oh, what the hell happened? And, you know, I, you know, I feel kind of bad, but it was kind of like, then like Misty wasn't, you know, it was like, she wasn't like in the room for me. It was like my focus was mm-hmm. on like zoning, like what was happening. And, um, you know, I, and, and again, the doctors were just like, you know, this is normal, you know, kind of thing. But I don't know, having their, you know, of all these things of what you see and what everybody paints that picture, it's like, I knew for me, it wasn't like that. I was like, this doesn't seem normal. So I was like nervous. And eventually, I think it was, I, I don't know, it, it felt like a lifetime. I don't think it was, I don't think it was four minutes. I think it was like around like maybe two or three minutes, but. It finally got her to cry. Yeah. It, it feels like forever. Though. Oh, yeah, it does. And, uh, you know, you don't know what to expect. You don't know if you're like, and a lot of times you're like, get the hell out of the way. Like, let me try to get things going. You know, kind of, <laughs> but, you know, of course, I'm not a doctor, but that's kind of how you feel as, as a dad. Like, you want to, you know, honestly try to protect your kids and, and stuff. But it was, so it was hard watching that and kind of feeling like, which is good that they, they stay in that calm manner. Because, like I said, I could be overexcited at times. Um, so it was, that was, I think, like the hardest part. And then it was, you know, that was good. Like everything else seemed normal for that. Um, we didn't like really have, I guess, like any issues. Um, you know, nobody tells you, though, and, you know, that first diaper. You know, that is the biggest thing I do remember. And, yeah, I was traumatized and, yeah. by that first diaper. Well, and, and, and like Misty's mom like set me up. It was like she knew and she was like, you're changing this first diaper. And like they waited for me. Like, I, I, think I, I may have went and got some water or did something that came back. And Lori was like, you're changing that first diaper. And I'm like, okay. You know, like, so How I bad changed could that. it be? Oh, yeah. And you're just like, this baby really hasn't had much. And you open that up. And then I'm like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> They don't, they don't tell you that because that, to you as a, as an adult, you don't ever see that unless you have kids. And it's like, that is not normal. You know, like, <laughs> once you find out it is normal. So you're like, okay. Um, so that, that has been like, you know, those, those two things of like Zoe not breathing. And then Zoe like changing her first diaper, like the biggest things of her birth that I remember. Um, and then Adler was very different. Adler, uh, it was a breach that so we knew we were going to have a C-section. So it was, you know, like, again, you don't know what to expect. Uh, we get there, you know, they have me get all the stuff on and they already have her prep and they're like, all right, come in. And you're like, oh, okay. And it's like, Ooh, right away. All of a sudden they like pull out Adler and I'm like, whoa, and I'm like looking over there. They don't, they didn't have me look over, thankfully. <laughs> but, uh, you know, 
know, then my focus was on Adler. Like with him being breached, he, he didn't have enough room in Misty, so he was like folded in half. So I do remember when he came out, I was like, whoa, you know, it's like different. He's folded in half, and when they put him on the table, they put his like held him down to like measure him and stuff. And as soon as they like let go of his legs, he like just shot right back up to his ears. And I was like, holy, like that. So that's the biggest thing I remember, like Adler. Um, you know, and so that like changed things with him. Like we had to go to uh, Children's Hospital a couple times to make sure like his hips were, you know, uh, progressing like they should, stuff like that. Because that was their concern with Adler was, you know, with him being like that, that he may have, you know, either didn't develop in his hips enough or, you know, had issues in his hips and stuff. He hasn't had any issues with stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I think. You know, there's a difference between Zoe and Adler with being startled and things like that. So I don't know if that has a difference to do with, like, you know, Zoe, you know, it's kind of like, you know, gets a so-called tunnel of the light coming out. Like, hey, I'm coming out. Things are moving slow. And Adler's just like, hey, what the hell gets ripped out? You know, like, you know, just cool, calm and warm. And now I'm I'm pulled out. You know, what the hell's going on? So I think, I think there's kind of a difference in how a birthing process can be for a child and like how things can affect them for who they are and how things are with some of that stuff. So that, that's very different. Um, the third, the third child, cause we were, we were at the hospital for the birth for our son Memphis that we did adopt, but, uh, I also was not in there. I did not want to be in there. And I don't <laughs> think anybody wanted me to be in there. <laughs> yeah. And so that was, that was different. You know, you still, uh, after the birth, you know, like it, it was good. Uh, the hospital we were at was very supportive of what we were doing. Um, it was a little different cause I don't think they had all you know, ready for all of the type of stuff, uh, of the worker of, I don't know. She, I don't know. She was a social yeah, worker. She was what, social. what she was, she kind of, she didn't seem too well educated on maybe what her job was, which was kind of weird, but the staff at the hospital were great. And, allowed Misty to like have a room and do, uh, you know, skin to skin to try to get that, uh, you know, obviously without, uh, Misty carrying the baby, kind of get that like bond with that baby right away and stuff like that. And like allowed her to have that mother experience with the baby. So we were fortunate with like the adoption to be able to be there in that way. You know, it, you know, most of the time, I don't think it really happens that way either. It's kind of like, I don't know, you you go through that process of adoption agency and stuff and you don't know what happened with the kids during that time and stuff. So it was very three different, you know, very different experiences. And I remember, I don't think we took classes for Adler. I think it was, I don't know, kind of your first, everything is like different. You're like, you can't do this. You might get hurt. You can't do that. You might get hurt. And then your second kind of like, well, like I'll give you half of those things. <laughs> and then your third, you're just kind of like, I don't know, whatever happens, you know, happens kind of thing. You're like, is he bleeding profusely? Is he, you know, what's going on? Oh, he's fine. You know? <laughs> so it's, it's very different for those aspects. And, uh, I don't know. It's, I guess it's good to be able to maybe experience all those. Like I said, I don't know if, if things would be different for how, you know, Adler would be if he wasn't pulled out. I think that's like, that's always the thought that you think like, there's one thing we would have changed is they gave us a 50-50 shot of a very painful procedure for Misty to turn, try to turn Adler. 
to see if they can get them in the right position. <clears throat> but that's what they said. It's a 50-50 and it hurts like hell. And so we were like, you know, not knowing all the outcomes of things too, you're like, well, for one, why do that? Because is there going to, you know, I don't know, is there going to be damage done when they're trying to push a baby around? Um, there's going to be damage done to that baby or the mother. And then if it's not successful, you know, that kind of sucks. And then not knowing, I think, you know, you, you don't know, you don't know. For all we know, Alec could still be the same. So it doesn't, it's not one thing to know for sure. Like you can't, you can't go back and be like, let me get these alternate endings on DVD and let me see which one you know, goes through and works out the best. So, um, What was like the most surprising thing for you guys as fathers? Like things that either like, well, I knew this was going to be like this or like, holy crap, I did not expect this as a parent. Um, it could be anything. Maybe your biggest surprise. Ryan's back, so maybe he'll okay. Come on, uh, <laughs> the last question. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I was part. I was in. I was at all the appointments and everything for um, our first two. So I'll get to the third in a minute. But uh, for both Serenity and Zochi, I was at all the appointments. We didn't take any classes. Um, I kind of found that my time in the waiting room was my preparation for parenting by reading magazines. <laughs> and so, because like, they don't. I mean, there's not a whole lot like people don't really tell you what to expect and, and not like it's we're it's expected, but like even your own parents, it's like, everyone's different. So it's kind of hard to tell someone how to prepare for a baby coming. Um, but yeah, I was, I was there for all of them. And, um, the fun thing about ours was that we kept all three a surprise. We did not know the sex of any of the babies until the day they were born. And so that, that made for me, as hard as it was to not know, it was fun to go to the appointments because then it was like, maybe, uh, maybe I can try and guess, you know, like what it is and maybe something, um, something will be revealed by accident or like, you know, it, but it was just, it was kind of fun to have that guessing game of like, you know, during the ultrasound is like, oh, is that a boy or is that a girl? What do you think it looks like? And, um, but I was and I was in the delivery room for all of them. Um, I kind of felt like for the first one, I was more of a pin cushion because um, I stood next to my wife and she pretty much spent the whole time digging her thumbnail <laughs> into my palm to see how if she could sever my thumb, I think. <laughs> but hey, I mean, it helped her. So that was, you know, that was the point was it was uh, it's hard to watch your spouse go through that amount of pain. But the joy that follows is is even better. But um, with Serenity, she was a long birth. She was like 26 hours. Um, it, it was, it was scary being in the room because it was like, doctors are coming in and out and they're, it's like, okay, well now it's time up. Oh, no, 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 no. She pushed for a little while. Now we're going to go back and rest up. Oh, maybe it's there. Nope. No, it's not there. Okay. Then now it's time. And so playing that game over a full, you know, day is that's it's, has a toll on everyone. And um, so that was an interesting thing. But uh, for me, I, I was both at the top half and the bottom half throughout the pregnancy or throughout um, the delivery. And um, I mean, it was it was interesting seeing both sides. Um but was really exciting for me was when my daughter finally got close and you can see the crown of their head start to poke out and she had a full head of hair when she came out. So we just see this jet black hair, uh, this, this crown of jet black hair starting to emerge. And, um, 
it's like really uh, the emotion behind seeing that is I can't even describe it. Um, but when she finally came out, um, I got to announce the sex, which was like I like was crying as a baby. It's a girl, <laughs> and and so I got to cut the cord for all three. And um, but it was super special for Serenity because she was my first, and I think everyone in this room could probably attest to your first is a little bit different than. Uh, others, uh, or if, if in some cases you've only had one, but the first is always, it's, it's this very exciting, like time when it's coming out. And, um, she really didn't have any issues, um, other than just, it was a long labor, but she came out and she cried pretty much right away. And, um, I just remember the doctor taking her from me after giving them, giving her to us and giving her time with mommy and giving her time with me. And then they took her so that they could clean her up. And I was like, where the hell are you going with my baby? This is my baby. I, I want my time with my baby. We've been waiting for nine months. I want my time with my baby. So I followed them around the room, which I think annoyed them, but it was more fun for me because I wanted to see everything that was going on with her. I wanted to know what they were doing and why they were doing it because I felt like throughout the pregnancy, they didn't share a whole lot with me. I feel like they shared what they thought was necessary, but like as a new parent, again, you don't know what to expect or what's coming. So them, their explanation isn't always the best explanation. Um, and part of that in the visits that really upsets me and it probably shouldn't, but like one of the questions I hated hearing the most is, do you guys have any questions? Mm, yeah. We don't know what questions to ask. So yeah. what questions do you think I'm going to have? Like I, all I can pretty much ask is how's it doing? Are we still looking at the same day delivery date? And how's my wife doing? There's no real, like, there's no set of questions when they, when a doctor asks you that to go, Yes. Do we need to do genetic testing? Do we need to look at, I had open heart surgery when I was one. So was that going to be a problem? I was, was my daughter going to be born with a hole in one of her arteries? Like what was going, you know, but you don't know to ask those questions. And so that was for me, the most frustrating time through, even through three births, I still didn't know, or three pregnancies, I still didn't know by the third, what questions to ask. And so I learned to really hate that question when they say do you have any other questions and it's like well i you guys ask us that but we don't know what to ask mm -hmm. like oh, yeah. it, but to be fair they don't really know exactly what all to share either but there are some things like genetic testing and things like that that they that should be brought up and i feel like they aren't at least in my experience they weren't mm -hmm. um but um back to the the deliveries um when zochi was born it was kind of that similar to what randall experienced when you guys were uh, actually i think scott you were saying it was a little bit faster um it was it, it was probably like four to six hours but it was like kind of felt like she's here like she's out she's crying she's ready and so that was an interesting experience um and to have uh our daughter at the time had just turned two two days before her sister was born. So we had a little one that we had to also deal with during um, that time, which uh, you guys have all experienced as well. And so we had, luckily we had family in the waiting room that kept her occupied. But for me, being in the room when she came in and seeing the look on her face when she saw her sister was more emotional than watching my second being birthed because it was like, how are they going to react to this? 
you see these funny videos online where it's like kids find out they're going to have a sibling and they either have one of two active reactions. They're either super happy or they cry and they cry and they cry and they cry and they cry. And they cry. So I was like, what's she going to do? Like, what's going to happen? And she was like, instantly fell in love with her sister. And so that was like a, that's a memory that I'll always cherish in the delivery room for our second was seeing, having those two connect for the first time. Mm-hmm and not really knowing what to expect of each other. And a two-year-old doesn't really know, and the baby's new to the world. And so um, it was super interesting. But baby three, um, I was there for some of the appointments. And it wasn't because I didn't want to be there, but it was like, I have to work, and I have to pick up the girls from school. So, like, she tried to make the appointments on days that I could go, but there were sometimes other things that got in the way because we had two other children that we also have to attend to. Um, so I went to as many as I could, um, but it definitely wasn't, um, every appointment, but, um, I always checked in with my wife constantly, like, you know, how was the visit? Is this something? And then anytime before she went to one, it was like, do you want me to be there for this one? I made major ones like heartbeat and ultrasound and stuff like that, that we could, um, we were going to get to see things. Um, and again, it wasn't because I didn't want to be there for the rest. It was just, that's how it happened to work out for, uh, for that third pregnancy. And, um, she, um, it was, it was, a, another long labor. Um, they were all three vaginal births. Thankfully we didn't really run into that, but we got to the last moment where kind of similar to, I believe it was Scott's where it was like last push or they got to take her. Mm-hmm. And, um, that it's it's amazing seeing women go through this in general but seeing the determination on your spouse's face when there is one push to go or it's going another route that they absolutely 100% do not want it to go and made that clear to the doctors to begin with and to be fair they have to baby first and I understand that and our doctor kept but he kept bringing that up like okay like we might have to do this. I know you don't want to do this, but we might have to do this. And she was like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. I'm not going to do this. Like yeah. it's coming out this way or we're going to keep trying until it does. Um, thankfully it didn't, it didn't come to that, but it was a situation where I was like, okay, last push, or we've got to take you back. And um, yeah, just seeing the determination and the strength in her to, to go after pushing for, you know, close to 30 hours and then still, well, not pushing, sorry, but, um, but after being in labor for that long and then pushing for, for so long, um, cause I remember specifically with hers, it was push for a while, push for a while. And we played this game where nurses and doctors were in and out. She's pushing and it was like, it was painful to watch both for her and the baby because, um, you see it in, in most vaginal pregnancies, but it's, you know, it's a game of in and out where they move a centimeter, but they move back, you know, half an inch. And it's this game of like, it, it's more one step forward, two steps back rather than two steps forward, one step back. But it, it was interesting with that because we went through several, like uh, several sessions of her pushing and watching the baby come in and out, in and out, in and out. And then, and then we couldn't see it again for a while. And then they would leave the room and give her time. And then they'd come back. Okay, let's try again. And we did this over and over and over. Um, so when she finally did arrive, um, it was, it was made it worse the while, but, uh, that, that was especially tough to watch because, um, it, seeing the disappointment on my wife's face every time it was like, okay, we got to come back. Like, and then, so it's like, we're sitting there trying to distract ourselves and, you know, 
have happy thoughts about the baby, but try not to think about it until it's time to push again. And um, it's definitely a side of uh, a woman I've never, like, you don't get to see that very often. And, and a lot of people that don't have kids won't, but hopefully they will get to experience that someday because it's it's quite amazing to see the amount of, of strength and determination behind having to do that for that long because us as guys we don't experience that and so that's part of the feeling of uselessness in the delivery room is like i already can't do anything i'm trying to be there for you the best i can the doctors come in and give you tidbits of information but they're careful not to give too much because they don't want to scare you unless it's a serious thing then they will then they'll disclose but um yeah it was it was very very interesting but yeah i um I would highly recommend anyone having a child, even uh, to Randall's point, like not wanting to be in the room, try, try your hardest to be there for all of that, because it is an experience that you will never get a, another chance at, unless you have another kid. Yes. But like, I mean, in, in the, in the, in the chance that that might be your only child, mm-hmm. at least go and do it at least one time and be a part of that. Cut the umbilical cord if you can handle it and be there for that, because that's, that's the memory you can't get back. Yeah. Um, so I would. You, you guys are like mentioning these really lengthy labor, like thirty-six hours. What? That seems really long. I, I dawned on me. I have really no idea how long breastfeeding. Like, is that from like when contractions start to like baby yeah. yes. born? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There's pre-labor and then there's like active labor. Uh-huh. Ours was I think twenty-four hours when we got to the hospital. But active labor, yeah, yeah. Shorter. yeah. 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 active labor yeah. shorter, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, but but yeah, we were at the hospital. I, in my mind, I'm thinking like, yeah, like, okay, now we're gonna actually try to deliver the baby in some time. time. Yeah, thirty six yeah. hours of that. <laughs> no, that's yeah. active labor. That's active labor. Yeah. 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 So, for example, ours, our first one was actually both of them have been. Aaron's gone into pre labor, early contractions, mm-hmm. going to a birthday party one Saturday night, and then <laughs> you know, like, I think something is happening. We'll wake up in the morning. At around 11 o'clock, actually, the first one had she had a high tear um, in her bag of water, so it was a slow leak. So it was more of a risk of uh, infection that caused the pregnancy. So she wasn't actively in labor, but we went uh, for the first 18 hours with with no medication or anything like that, um, and then it wasn't progressing fast enough. And then they gave they gave an epidural, they gave pitocin, then it was 12 12 hours until the next morning, and then it was three hours of active pushing. So. Yeah, and the second one just was like a similar thing, but then we got to the hospital and it was like an hour and a half of active, well, actually, sorry, it was eight push and a half, but it was like an hour and a half from arriving to getting the epidural to having the baby out. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like once active labor starts, though, it really negates the rest of that time because it feels like forever. Mm-hmm. And then once act, once active labor starts, then it's like, okay, well, that last however many hours is like, I don't remember any of that now. For the most part, it's like, okay, let's it's go time. Let's get this baby yeah. out because I want to meet my child and I want mom to meet her child. And... Yeah. Dads, thanks for sharing today your experiences in the labor and delivery room. Uh, while each of us have our own experiences, it's fun to compare and contrast them and hear that raw, vulnerable emotion you have behind it. So congratulations. This does wrap up our second part of the three-part Daddy Boot Camp episode. We hope you will join us next time as we get to hear from the dads speaking about their experiences of bringing the baby home for the first time. It should be a fun conversation. We'll see you next time.
Thank you for listening to Parenting Naked Collaborative. To learn more about Parenting Naked Collaborative, visit us on the web at www.parentingnaked.com or follow us on Facebook at Parenting Naked. Thanks so much and have a great day.